Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome in. Chris Allman is staring daggers through me right now because I just told him I am happy for the Texas Rangers because my father was a Rangers fan. He did not catch. He did not like he. Here's a weird thing about this. And we'll talk college football in a second. So here's what he did to me. He bought season tickets for Red Sox spring training when we were in Fort Myers and then sends us off to all these games when I'm young and impressionable and then didn't expect me to catch the disease. Sure, yeah. Which, believe me, Red Sox fans know we've got a problem. Like, we know it. Like, yeah. It's, it's, and it's incurable. So, you know, but he was a Rangers fan. I've been to 700 Rangers games in my life. So I'm very happy when they're successful. I had to sit there in the room with him and watch – uh, game six of the 2011 World Series, and um, it was like one of the saddest days of my life having to look at him. And so I just kind of want to live vicariously to see if I can erase that moment. So, and he's no longer with us, so that's that's why I have to. So that is the only until you told me your dad was a Ranger fan. Honoring a loved one is the only reason I will even allow a person to to support two teams. All right. Why do you think I still put up with these guys? <laughs> Why? I'll tell you. Right now, and the, they, like, they've given me, Texas A&M, as a Florida State fan, has given me every reason to hate them. I think Because he- they came in and took the coach away, although thanks for doing that. Uh, that seems to have worked out great for both sides in the long run. I think there ought to be a sports therapist who helps people dial back and streamline their sports emotions. Yeah. The more teams you support, the more heartbreak you're heading for. Yeah, well, like, look, here's the thing. Just pick one. I, If it comes down to one or the other, I'm picking the other one. Yeah. But because my whole life, you know, we you know, sat and cheered for the Aggies, like I have to, you know, keep it with me. You know, I just can't let yeah. it go. I have and the bandwidth for one team and one high school team. That is the uh, – Total bandwidth I have emotionally you know, you know, for sports. I, uh, I fortunately don't live in the same state where my high school is. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, I fortunately don't. So I don't have to like. Yeah. Sure. I like. This is going to get me in trouble, but <laughs> um, Tesca's high school football is my little Sebastian. Yeah. Like I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I've like, and I've had to work. I have to work it for so long. I don't get it. Like I just, I look at it. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. It's fun. I'm glad that people care. But yeah. Um, and I'll just use your team as an example, Gatesville, where your brother coaches and yes. your nephews play. Yes. Um, I love going to Gatesville, by the way. They Great really place. take they take care of you. Yeah. They they they're really happy that people awesome people. Happy that radio people there are from wherever they are. Yeah. You know, uh, there used to be a donut place right next to the uh to the stadium that they bring you hot donuts at halftime. Yeah. That place has been lost to the American economy, which I think is 
just one of the great travesties of the world, and whatever presidential <laughs> candidate brings back donuts in Gatesville, I think should <laughs> should get a bump up in the polls. But uh, I uh, I was doing a Mahia game, and when I was the voice of the Black Cats. <laughs> I don't think I ever knew you were the voice of the yeah, black. Yeah, right cats. after you left, right after you left the radio station, I was for two years. I did the I did uh, Mahaya football on one hundred four point nine FM. Voice of the cats. Yeah, so Mahaya was very good. They were very good. They had a guy named Trey Davis who came and played baseball at Baylor, and he was a good player. And they had a guy named Doug Gentry who was a poor man's Eric Dickerson, especially okay. in three A football, just okay. running through people. And they did very well until they played Gilmer and Carthage, and then it was like that's a wrap because Gilmer and Carthage just went all the time. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Uh, Gilmer's coach then is now at UTSA. So yeah. it was Gilmer's you know, quarterback put a beating on Baylor. Yeah. In season so, one. Yeah. Game so, one. Yeah. So all that stuff uh, was going on. So uh, there was a Gatesville game and Mejia Stadium is weird. Yeah. They built the press box on the visitor side. Mm-hmm. So when you drop a crowd mic outside, when the home team scores, it sounds, it's like, ha, yay, yeah. wah, you know, it's in the background. And when the visiting team scores, it usually goes nuts. Yeah, we well, go they were beating Gatesville, kind of like the 49ers beat the Cowboys last night. <laughs> okay. It was just criminally bad. Well, you're going to get it all how, out in this first How segment. bad <laughs> they were. Just really bad. And there was a dude who was sitting right outside the press box who had pre-gamed <laughs> and had never really, I'm telling you, 50 years old, and had never let it go. Okay. And from the middle of the second quarter until the end of the gosh darn game, <laughs> this guy stumbled across wherever I moved the crowd mic, he even though he it. didn't know, yelling, Harder Proud never does! <laughs> Harder Proud never does! And it was 50 to nothing. It was so bad. They couldn't get a first down. They couldn't get a yard. They couldn't do anything. It was a running clock in the fourth quarter, and it was so bad. And this guy just started shouting that. And that was the moment where I was like, I'll never understand this. Yeah. I will never understand this. And I've been back to my own high school for games three times since I left. Okay. And it's fun to be back there. But as soon as I leave, I'm thrilled. Okay. That's fair. I get it. I'm, I'm not – if I did not have a brother coaching, yeah. I clearly would not be as into yeah. this particular team – or this high school sport. So, but again, I only have the emotional bandwidth. So that's why yeah, I get it to bring it back to college football. That's why when I go to the Baylor game Saturday night, I just watch it transpire and it does not wreck me. Yeah. Although I don't know that it wrecked many people because I feel like most people probably yeah. figured that was coming. I, I wish. And like my grandmother was a Spurs fan. So I became a Spurs fan because. I was watching them every night because I was worried about her. And she would like, she literally went to the hospital like four times because yeah. of palpitations. And here's the thing about Paul if you don't know Paul, when he tells you his teams, it will sound like he's a front runner. He is not a front runner. He has been with these teams for a long time. Yeah. They just all happen to be some of the best just, franchises. Yeah, they just have to work out yeah. that way, you know? And so I, you know, I look, I wound up at Florida State. I mean, that's where I, I, wound, I decided to go to college. I was not always a Florida State fan. That happened. When I went there, which I think what should happen for everybody. Like, yes. Once you walk through the doors of a college. That's your school. The, well, okay. Transfer portal and all is, exists in, in real life, too, when okay. you're leaving. Like, if you go to a different college, then you – the one you graduate from should be your number one. 
Like, do you get your undergrad from? Okay. Now, if you go and do like a doctorate somewhere and spend an equal amount of time yeah. somewhere else and get emotionally invested, I will accept that. Um, so I think there's phases of your life. The way I talk about it to people is uh, Texas A&M is like my high school sweetheart. Okay. Right? You know, like I grew up with that. Like yeah. girl next door, always carry a torch. Florida State's my wife. Like, you know, <laughs> till death do us part, like, that's that's how it is. My wife. Yeah. <laughs> My wife. Yeah, so that's how it goes. That's who they are. But um, with the Spurs, so I wish I could just, like, have one town. Yeah. Like, that would be a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, just pull for all those teams. Yeah. Okay. And, like, maybe if I move to another town and people don't know me, I'll just do that. If they have everything. <laughs> just, I'll, I'll just leave and just do that. But be a big St. Louis Blues guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've loved them since the the good old days big, of big Chris Pronger guy. Yeah, Chris, yeah, the, that guy. Who had Chris Pronger getting yeah. mentioned no. on the triple so, option today? That's how it is. And look, uh we have we have kind of rambled on about this, but bit. I'm having fun with it. Uh it it was like I I did like during the AM game, which I watched here, most of it here, I did find a little bit of my like younger self going like ah. Why do you keep doing this to everybody? Like, why? What is what is what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And we'll talk about Jimbo in the next segment. Yeah. Um, who is? Uh, we'll call the segment. Jimbo Fisher is the greatest coach that 2013 has to offer. The problem is, it's 2023. Yeah. That's he. No, and no one's told him. <laughs> no one's told him. Or when people tell him, he's like, No, that's no, not. Where are the flying cars? Every week in week six, he wants to know where they are in the BCS rankings. Yeah, he just, that's what I think about Jimbo. Like, they come to him, and it's like, hey, coach, you need to update things. It's 2023. Uh, look, says you, you You and I have, have, we've all seen Back to the Future, too. None of that stuff is happening, so it's not 2023. Come, come to me with a hoverboard. Yeah. And pants that dry themselves. And we'll talk later. Uh, One size fits all clothes that morphs to your body. Oh, man. That that stuff. No, no, no. This That's, show is off the rails. How much time do we have left? <laughs> time is it? It is. We should just do like uh, the, the opening dialogue. I'll just cut this one segment like, like a late night show. We should like just Johnny start, and Ed here. We should just start talking at 1245 <laughs> and then get it all out of the way. And then at 1 o'clock when the feed goes live, it's like, oh, there's the college football show. Yeah. But – College football-wise, it was a wild week. The Texas-Oklahoma game, Chris, was one of the best football games I've ever watched in my life. Like, really? Yes. You're I, willing to say that? I am. And, and here, the reason is, I'm not like, it was so enjoyable as a, a person who doesn't care about either team other than, like, you know, obviously a lifelong hatred of the sure. Texas Longhorns. But I respect what they're doing there right now and how they're trying to come back from being this gigantic titan and they have been the most disappointing team in college football for f almost 15 years. Yeah. Like, every year, they're the most disappointing team. No matter what you say, it was that. Like, everybody was like, oh, well, this year, you know, really thought that uh, Georgia was going to be better. Oh, yeah, but they went 9-3. and three. Yeah. Uh, Texas went 6-6 uh, six and six and, yeah. you know, kind of just yeah. messed around. So, like, what Sark is doing there, to me, is very impressive, especially going into the new league that's the premier league and all these different things that they're doing a year from now, but equally impressed with Oklahoma who has the it guy coach two years ago. Yeah. And then they lose him. They lose the best football player in the country 
And then within two years, they're back in the discussion. And right now, Oklahoma has a much better chance of being in the college football playoff than USC does. And USC has the guys that you would think would yeah. be in, in the college football playoff. Yeah. So that is a great college football story to me. And usually when that game is tight, it's because both teams played sloppy. There's too much emotion in it. There's a million penalties. Yeah. It winds up being 17 13. Yeah. It's just Everybody's not, too amped up. There's no, like, there's. There's not really big, good plays. There's not long, sustained drives. It's just like it feels like they're playing in cement, like wet cement. Yeah. Because everybody's too emotional with it, or they're too, they're either too emotional and they're too crazy, or they're too emotional and they're they're locked up. Right. You know, so they just play that way. This was free and easy, like my guys against your guys, let's go make plays. Yeah. Oklahoma made just a couple more than Texas did and won the game. Yeah. That's why it was one of the best because in this rivalry, there's not many of those games that are really good. Now, a couple years ago, when Caleb Williams like brought OU all the way back and won at yeah. the buzzer again, yeah. uh, that was a great game to watch, but not because it was equally well played throughout yeah. all four quarters. It was sure. like there was like it was the, you know, there's great finish and there's great game before Caleb and after Caleb. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, this was consistently a good game from beginning to end. The so so OU, I'm thinking through the things you just said. So yeah, OU, I don't believe has a ranked team left on their schedule. So the, yeah, like, their next uh, on paper, right? Because mm -hmm. it's un everything's unpredictable. On paper, really, their next final hurdle to clear is going to be whoever they play in the Big Twelve Championship game, which you probably assume it's Texas again, mm -hmm. right? So we may see a rematch of this. Um, Dylan Gabriel quickly going to – I don't think he's going to make people forget Caleb Williams, but you do that in a Texas OU game, and you're going to oh, make the Crimson and Cream feel a whole uh, lot better about what's going on. In the future of this show, when we have more time to get dedicate to these things, we're going to build a graphic. Dylan Gabriel is now in the Free Beer for Life Club. Yes, I saw your tweet. Yes, he is absolutely in that, in the yeah. Free Beer for Life Club, because he did what he did. And then, look, the Free Beer for Life Club, it, all over the place. Name a school, they've got a guy that fans probably complained about a little bit because he, he just wasn't he just wasn't the other guy. Yeah. He just wasn't them. And then he has this great moment yeah. where you're like, you know what? Cheers to you, Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that, how much of that final drive – in your opinion, because I watched it, I have my opinion, how much of that final drive was, oh my gosh, this guy is the dude, and how much of it was just schematically well, Texas kind of just fell apart? So I'll tell you. Or came out wrong schematically. The, the Bryles offense, and that's what I'm going to call it because it's absolutely the Bryles offense. That OU's running? Yes. I mean, his son-in-law's calling sure. it the place. It's the Bryles it's offense. Genetically. Yeah. It's that's so, not genetic. Well, but, it's, but it's the Bryles offense. And – in that offense, the reason I, I would not want my team to run it, that version of the air raid specifically, is that it, does, it is so oversimplified, it does not account for situational football all that well. Okay. So, for example, one of the situations is if it rains, <laughs> then yeah. it's not that good of an offense. Yeah. And I used to watch Coach Bryles – uh, when asked about the weather and go, 
well, you're Texas Moraine. That's going to be tough. And then if you look at coaches who are like, yeah, the rain's going to be tough, but, uh, you know, we have plays for that. Yeah. They, their whole thing is about going fast. Another situation is if you are up by only seven with like five minutes left to go, if you have a drive you don't score on, you really only take about nine seconds off the clock. Like yeah. there's just no time. Yeah. So you get in these these things. Um, the other thing about it, like there were that was the things about the offense that was. And then sometimes I think because it is so freely and loose, you commit a lot of penalties. Yeah. Because you're not worried about like getting 15 yards. Right. But then when you play good teams, 15 yards is way harder than you do when you play average teams yeah. that can't cover you out there. But what worked out for Oklahoma was Texas kicked that field goal with pretty much the exact amount of time that that offense is now the best thing that's ever come, been come up with for those situations. Right. So, and I saw it many times. Look, RG3 against Oklahoma. Yeah. In that situation, the offense was perfect for it because they there's no wasted time. There's no time of like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. They know what they're going to do, and they just go to it. So schematically, it was good, and it was Dylan Gabriel showing how much grit he has, and being he's a really smart football player. Yeah, really smart. And they've got a bunch of like Drake Stoops is a really smart, tough yeah. football player. Is Drake Stoops going to get drafted next to Marvin Harrison Jr. next year? Absolutely Unlikely. not. But <laughs> but he is going to make a play in that game when he needs to. So yeah. they um. And Oklahoma has younger playmakers who need to come of age, is where Texas had the guys who were kind of already established. Yeah. But they, they, they sh showed up when they needed to. The Okay, so I'm trying to replay the game in my head because they don't have it committed to memory. And I don't – man, I just want to, I want to be honest because I feel like this is a freewheeling environment. Yes. I do – I'm less impressed with game-winning drives these days because I feel like – I feel like it's just an easier game for quarterbacks and receivers. Oh, I mean, look, uh, tar the targeting rule alone. Yeah. I mean, because you do have to think about, like, is it worth it throwing over the middle of the field right now? Yeah. You know, when, like, this guy, like, I'll just use an Oklahoma example. When Roy Williams, like, I mean, he they had a rule. The horse collar tackle was because, because of him. Because of Roy Williams. Yeah, so, like, all those rules being implemented yeah. in the game – has made the it made way easier for offenses. Yes. So yeah, I agree with you. So I'm not, but I, I feel like I'm going to get branded this this hater because you still you have to take the situation you're in in the moment in the environment and get the job done. And he did, and he had 398 yards of offense by himself. Like the kid was a stud. So I'm certainly not trying to short sell it. If you go back, and I'm again, I'm trying to remember Texas. This, prior to that drive, did Texas have third and long, third and 13 maybe, and they just kind of had sort of a pedestrian run, maybe handed it to Brooks for a couple yeah. of yards and settled for the field goal? Yeah. If I'm not going to make this a, a Sark, I mean, you, a referendum you, on Sark, but could you – are yours, they in a position there to – Ewers had that run that got them close, yeah. right? They, they did get a little more conservative than I thought they, they would be yeah. in the moment, but I do think that they were – Again, because you know how it's not going to take, like, it's not going to, if you don't, you want to leave them two minutes. Right. If 116 was five seconds too long right. to leave them, yeah. then two minutes is going to be way, way too, too long. long. Yeah. So um, sometimes, like, 
I, I think this happens a lot with teams that can move that fast. Sometimes I think coaches are like, well, I might as well do whatever I'm going to do right now. Yeah. That way they can score in a minute and a half, and then I have a minute and a half to deal with that. Yeah. Because they're trying to see, like, well, right. can we – but you got to take the, the chances you're going to stop them. Yeah. And, um, you know, OU only needed a field goal and got a touchdown. So yeah. uh, that, was, that was the other thing was, like, I think he was comfortable to play, like, thinking, like, well, it's going to be really hard to get a touchdown. And then you throw in what they did, and they, you know, they score a touchdown and win the game. Yeah. But it doesn't change my – here's the other thing about it. The reason I think it's a good game is it did change my opinion about Oklahoma a little bit, enhanced it. I thought they were really good. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if they could be great. They could maybe potentially be great. Right. Uh, but it didn't change my opinion about Texas at all. No. And I that's... mean, like, they're still really good. Like, they, like nobody – like, I say nobody's going undefeated. It's going to be really hard for anybody to go undefeated. Or there's no – there's no great team right now that is 95 Nebraska or 2001 Miami that you, you, you're shocked when people even get close. Right. Now, now, the way Georgia played, they have not played well enough up to this point to be considered that great. That was a statement win over Kentucky. Yeah. But, I, but they still haven't really played anybody. Right. No, I agree. I do think you're right. I don't feel... I thought Texas was good. Mm -hmm. Hard to tell. You know, the last time I saw them play was the Baylor game, so obviously hard to tell mm -hmm. how good they are. I thought they were good. My opinion's not changed. I do think, because it's such a quarterback-driven sport right now, there is probably a large contingent of people who are, I don't want to say out on yours, but in direct contrast to what Dylan Gabriel did. three turnovers. Yes. So. so he did not have his best game. Mm -hmm. But not having your best game does not mean you are bad or the wrong guy for the job. No. So I do think it's one of those games where it's hard to make some sort of definitive, definitive sky is falling statement for Texas. They just got beat by a really good team. And they're probably going to have another crack at them in five or six weeks. Yeah. Look, they, um, you know, Oklahoma's biggest, biggest hope in the entire world is that somebody like Kansas State jumps up and bites them. Yeah. yeah. That way they've got two losses and somebody – but even with two losses, the way the rest of the Big 12 is going, like – Yeah. That, you know. It could be a two-loss team Kansas against State Oklahoma. Had, well, I guess they had two losses in the regular season. So they were in the, in the championship against undefeated TCU last right. year and won. So – but, you know, if you look at around the, the Big 12, like who's going to – who's going to go go through with just one loss? I, I, I just don't think that that's – that's very likely. And Texas's schedule is harder than Oklahoma's, but neither of them, like, this should be, like, if everything goes chalk, they'll be playing each yeah. other again. I mean, that, like, there were, they were in, like, that was the biggest thing. Like, those two things, Georgia and Texas and OU, were the biggest things in college football to me this week. We will talk about Miami and Georgia Tech at the end of the show. <laughs> because thanks to Manny Navarro of the, uh, of the Athletic, um, I'm reminded that Mario Cristobal did this once before. Oh, yeah. Not and, his first time. No. <laughs> and apparently learned nothing. Yeah, and, I'm interested to talk about that, too, because I, I don't necessarily want to dissect his postgame comments, but I am curious as someone who has been in a huddle. I, I, didn't, I did not play football, so I can't speak to the moment in football and who's, who's calling the plays. Um, I, I made some, just a couple of random thoughts. I think... I don't have, emotionally, I'm not going to have a team, but I, I got my eye on Carolina. I'm, I'm very excited to see what Carolina does the rest of the way. Uh, I mean, they beat Syracuse 40 to seven, so it's not like they had this. But they're playing defense. Yes. They're playing defense. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I'm in on Wyoming. I mean, I know that they're not, it's not like we got to, but they yeah. just ended Fresno's 14 game winning streak. Yep. And not for a bad half of football at Texas, <laughs> Wyoming's undefeated. There was, yeah. there was a lot of, there was a lot of good and it was wild, right? We're going to talk Texas Bama because we're going to talk Jimbo. We'll talk Mario Cristobal. SC almost blew it. That yeah, was a little SC bit of a coaching it. crap show there. Yeah, look, they're, they are uh, – Lincoln Riley has only one problem. It's Alex Grinch. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. And you said that the first show we had in here. Yeah. yeah. Only one problem is Alex Grinch. Yeah. And, you know, um, you might want to just get somebody in there who, who's a, like, a, like a, just a, a guru. What's the like a Dave Aranda? What's the affinity? I'll, I'll I'll reserve comment on that. But I did like. No, I'm not going to reserve comment. On Don't that. reserve here, comment. Here's, here's what I'm going to say: If Baylor keeps going in the direction they're going, mm-hmm. that might be an option for him. Yeah, and um, I think it's something that his athletic department will demand that he do. Yeah. What is the affinity there? Are they were they college I don't roommates? Know, I just think it, I think he thinks that it was more of the players than the scheme. Mm. And I, I think it's the scheme. Okay. I think it's the scheme because okay. they've got, they've got players. Yeah. They've got players. Yeah. And they got players who can do it, but it's, it's definitely the scheme. And I also think that he needs somebody who can go and coach them with a bit of an edge on defense. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to have that. And maybe it's because Superman is your quarterback. Yeah. You, you don't play with as much fear as you should. Yeah. Um, because I think playing with a healthy dose of fear is good. Yeah. Uh, and respect. And is he going to win the Heisman again or are voters? Is there going to be any type of, I don't know the demographic of Heisman voter if they're trying to protect the sanctity of Archie Griffin and say no, like. I think most of the people who voted for Archie Griffin are dead. So <laughs> I, mean, I do too. I uh, so. But 60 years ago? <laughs> no, 50 years ago. Yeah. So I just. There's a lot more Heisman voters now. That's true. So I think. I, I think he's still the favorite because they win games based on his wizardry. Yeah. Wizardry. He's a talented kid, man. Yeah, he is. But, um, you know, like there are – Notre Dame got throttled by Louisville. They did. Absolutely physically dominated, which is surprising to me to see a Marcus Freeman team get physically dominated. But Jeff Brown made a statement with that yeah. game. Yeah, he really did. What is the as – as a Florida State alum, as you look at the ACC the rest of the way – North Carolina. You think it's Carolina and Florida State? Yeah, I think they're. I the think two? they're better than everybody else. Okay. I mean, look, Louisville is going to be interesting. Well, okay, Louisville, North Carolina, and FSU all don't play each other. Right. So there is a not realistic but potential scenario where an undefeated team gets left out of the championship game. Yeah. Which would be, unfortunately, I'll tell you, it'll be Louisville because the tiebreakers are who's ranked higher. Right. So unless. North Carolina or Florida State's games are all like nail biters. Yeah. Look, if Florida State keeps winning and North Carolina keeps winning, they're not going to drop. They're not. Yeah, they're not dropping. There's no. There's no statement win for Louisville that's going to have them jump. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and I don't think Louisville's going to go undefeated. No, I I was looking at they got. Yeah. They've got Duke. They've got to go to Miami, and then I think for both them and Carolina. Carolina's still got to play Clemson. Yeah. And then I still think rivalry week is always a big one. You know, Carolina's yeah. got to play Carolina State. Louisville's got to play Kentucky. Yeah. So it's not even just Look, conference games. It could be a problem. Florida State has their two biggest rivals in the last month. Yeah, Miami so, and Mi- They have Miami, North Alabama, and then Florida. Yeah. So 
And Katie bar the door when them in North Alabama get together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the one you circle every year. I didn't even know there's a North Alabama yeah. until right now. Yeah, that's who they're playing. <laughs> Una. 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 Okay. I don't think they call it that there. They shouldn't. No. It's a bad name. <laughs> yeah. Where you go? I go to Una. Una. My own scholarship at Una. Uh, so. What a reduction of the fine folks of Alabama that was. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, look, I'll make fun of every state. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, you've taken Florida to task. You've taken people from Gatesville to task in this first segment. Yeah. They're drunken buffoons at Mahea games, according to you. <laughs> that one guy was. Hey, he had a cutoff T-shirt. Like so does not, the guy who coaches third base in City League softball. Yeah. That's just cut, that's the thing off, people wear. Cutoff T-shirt, 50 years old. 50. He was 50. It's a warm night in Mejia. <laughs> the visiting bleachers aren't covered. <laughs> no, they aren't. You know that well. Yeah. You know. uh, I so, love that stadium. It yeah. looks like a rodeo arena. Like it the is. Home it's totally a rodeo yeah. arena. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk um, Jimbo, not knowing what year it is. We're going to turn back the clock. Yeah. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. With Chris Allman, and it is time to yeah you, you're I can't I can't tell that story about Providence, but it's something that has bothered me for maybe a decade. Now. Okay, I don't know, I can't remember when that was. Maybe not quite a decade, but it was it was unsettling. Paul thinks strange things are afoot in Rhode Island. Yes, <laughs> as is as they are at the Circle K with Bill and Ted. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Hey, can I give a shout out to our boy Brandon who stopped me in church the other day and oh, said he was a big Brandon? fan of the show? What's up, Brandon? <laughs> stopped me in the hallway as I was taking my daughter to Sunday school. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. God bless you. God bless you. So, uh, Jimbo. Jimbo. So, um, Jimbo Fisher was going to give the reins to, to Bobby Petrino, and he, he has, but not all of the reins. Because he still makes the decisions on fourth down. And they had a fourth and one late in the game in Alabama territory. And most coaches, Garrett, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Almost every coach now, including the one who taught him how to coach across the way, Nick Saban, including that guy, would have gone for that. It was like the 38-yard line or 41-yard yeah. line. It's in that no-man's land. Uh, what did Jimbo do? He punted the ball through the back of the end zone. Uh, so then... He just loses 21 yards of field position. Okay. That's it. 
That's all you're giving up. And with that 21 yards of field position, you're also giving up. Uh, part of the analytics will tell you that like the 20 that you're losing in this game, the 20 yards, the time it'll take them to get that 20 yards, you're also costing yourself. Okay. Even if you stop them, right? So if they even just get back to where you punted it from, and then they punt the ball back to you, you've cost yourself time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm with That's you. where you could have just given them the ball back there at that spot and, you know, taking your yeah. medicine. Yeah. So he goes, he punts it. And again, not aggressive, old school. He has, and I'm very familiar with his entire career, as well documented as the last two places he's been the, the only two places he's been the head coach are the two places I care about watching sure. the most. Yes. And so I've seen every game he's ever coached, every snap and everything. I can think of five times in that, in that time where he's been like, oh, well, well what do you know? <laughs> Look at that. That one, uh, they, don't, they don't teach that in 1991. You know, like that one was, oh, that's, that's a neat little thing there. Uh. One of them was in the national championship game against Auburn. They were getting really – it kind of taken to them, and they were by and far the best team in the country that year, all year long. And Auburn was good, but they weren't that good. And then two things were going on in that game. One, a coach on a former coach and his staff was yelling out his signals because he didn't change them, ah. and then didn't remember that that guy apparently was over there. Oh wow! <laughs> the Damien Craig who works for him again now. Okay, this I didn't but know. Mostly because probably that like I can't ever let this guy not work for yeah. me because if we <laughs> play each other, he has a very vivid memory. Yeah. So <laughs> that and then he decided to, he decided to run that, a fake punt that changed, turned the whole game around and woke Florida State up and they came charging back. And won the game late. But it took them until the very end of the game to win it. And they, a lot of things had to go well. Kick returns and all that. He has not changed since that day. He was the greatest coach of 2013. Won every award. Deserved it. Um, you know, really built Florida State into something. Yeah. And then, you know, after that, it was like, you know, yeah. 2014, made the C at first CFP. Every game was like a comeback. But they were undefeated going yeah. into it. And then a little worse the year after, a little worse the year after. Then the divorce with them happens. His actual divorce happened all during that time. His life a lot is of a divorcing crisis. going on at one yeah. time. He goes to AM, takes a bunch of money. Okay, I'll restart here. I'm not going to have the same fights with the Florida State Administration that I did with AM because um, they're just going to give me all the money I want, which has been pretty much true. Like whatever he's wanted, he's gotten there. But now it's starting to turn on him because they're like, well, we hired you to win a national championship here, and you've not even been close. Yeah. And you're also not adapting as where the SEC around you is in a constant state of flow yeah. and adaptation. Yeah. Even Nick Saban, the old grizzled dude, like that you should know, he's adapted. Um, yeah. Kirby Smart is constantly adapting. Yeah. LSU won in a shootout Saturday. Yeah. Like, it's not, exactly. it's not the same old league. No. They, like... LSU keeps having to change coaches after they win national titles. <laughs> it seems to keep probably working out for them. I mean, I know that, Garrett, you're in it right now, but yep. <laughs> ultimately I think Brian Kelly's going to work out. Like, he'll figure it out. I mean, he can win dummy. a natty, but I still won't respect the man. <laughs> Straight up. I love Garrett Ross. <laughs> I love Garrett. So, Do y'all sell I love Garrett shirts? <laughs> I should. But there are so many – 
times where he could have just changed things up a little bit, just change it up, modernize it, and he hasn't, and that's what's going to undo him, whether it's after this year, after next year, but that one's going to sting a lot because um, Nick Saban did not have his best game the other day. Like he, this Jalen Milrow and Jermaine Burton were fantastic. Mm -hmm. The running game was okay for them. The defense played all right, but they had a ton of penalties. They had turnovers. They hit like they gave up a ton of sacks. If Nick, if you had told Nick Saban, here, here are the splits in this game, these stats, like. He would have told you they were going to lose. He would have been like, oh, we don't win games. Like, yeah. the games in the past he's lost, all those things have happened. Yeah. And then he said, well, what if I told you that um, in the fourth quarter, you were uh, A&M was going to drive the ball into your territory several times and only come away with um, three points? He would have been like, oh, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to win that game. <laughs> okay, so, so, so I was going to ask you coming in, if Jimbo had always been uber risk averse, you have answered that. So let Very me so. let me give you some numbers that I looked up on Jimbo's fourth down percentages. You may know these, and then I want to ask you a question after this. This is from Zach Barnett at Football Scoop. I yep. want to make sure that I didn't friend of the oh, show. Yeah, great, I want to attribute properly. Yeah. All right. So they've attempted five. They've gone for it five times on fourth down in six games. So only six FBS teams have fewer attempts. Yeah. Last year, they attempted 11. They went for it 11 times in 12 games. That was the third fewest in the nation. 2021, dead last, 10 attempts in 12 games. Dead last in 2018, and Jimbo's Florida State teams were also dead last in 13, 14, and 16. Now, look, to be fair, in 13, they did not have a lot of fourth downs. Okay, They fair. were running through people. So let's throw that out. Yeah. But still, there's enough data here to say this yes. is who Jimbo is. Yeah. Will it change? Can it change? Why, why won't it change? Does a person just get set in their ways? Do they not like someone telling them they have to change? Is I that think, Jimbo's problem? I think, I think, that's the, I think he got – because it's not been just a one-year thing of, right. of people telling him he needs to be – it goes back to FSU. It was one of the beasts where they're like, listen, we, we know that you want to do all these things, but we need you to be more of an administrator, a, you know, CEO yeah. coach than the like day-to-day -day grinding on the play sheet, all yeah. that. And he's like, well, there's tons of coaches that do that. I'm like, yeah, but you're, we, we think we need to grow out of that. And so he did, like, that was one of the things he didn't like. He and the athletic director, and they were always at loggerheads. Uh, the booster club president was like an old guy who didn't, you know, know how to, like, text people and ask for money. He would just, like, knock on their door and be like, hey, how about $50,000? <laughs> Let's have a scotch. <laughs> so Roger Sterling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, good. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm about to go to Little League, but uh you could have called. Yeah. I don't have one of them fancy yeah, cell pop. phones. <laughs> <laughs> so so it that was kind of how it went. And so then AM basically told him a year ago, like, we're paying you ten million dollars a year. Ten. <laughs> Ten million. They wrote it on a whiteboard. <laughs> One, <laughs> zero, comma, <laughs> M. comma, capital M, M. <laughs> million dollars. That's a lot of money. So while you have control over this program, we have control over you. Yeah. So we are going to give our input, and we suggest you take it. And but and the other thing is that they also created this problem by giving him the most ironclad contract in the history of sure contracts. Sure, like 
I mean, they might as well have signed it in blood. <laughs> so, uh, so he was forced to do this. And the only thing you can force him to do it is like, well, we can fire you, and then it, you're going to be kind of humiliated. Yeah. So they, that's what he doesn't want. But that's why he won't, you know, adapt when, look, uh, none of, like, even the Baylor team in 2021, if you, that won the Big 12, Dave Aranda goes for it on fourth, fourth down from his own 31. Yeah. Up 10 points. Yeah. Like, just if it makes sense, they go for it. Which is ironic because, boy, they had some serious fourth down issues on Saturday. Yeah, yes, they did. <laughs> but I'm, like, just comparing Dave Aranda's best year, 2021, mm -hmm. with that group of guys, you could have taken the 2021 Texas A&M team, which, which was, I believe, 8-4, and four, which is the, you Sounds know, about right. the badge of honor uh, there. That's what they get every year on their little merit badge thing. It's a sticker on the helmet. Uh, yeah, 8-4. and four, And said, I'll trade you player for player. And Garrett, am I wrong about that? Like, if you, no. yeah, would have done it. And he goes for it on fourth down. Yeah. You know why? Because here's the other thing. If you've got all these friggin' stallions in your stable, man, yeah. let them run. But isn't there someone, I'm like, seriously, isn't every team has analytics people? Isn't there someone that slides a sheet or, I, I, or, as, and says, Jimbo, look, this will happen 70% of the time if we go for it. And how do you respond I don't, to I don't that? Think he, I don't think he cares about analytics. Okay. I don't think – I mean, like, he'll say, yes, we use analytical data, but if you watch them play, no, they're, they're not doing it. Okay. You know, so he relies on his gut, which, look, his gut won him a national championship. Sure, and I think, I think gut is underrated because gut decisions come from experience. Yeah. And because sometimes analytics get you in trouble. Yes, you know, for sure. oh, they, they, we should go for two in this situation. Yeah. Eh, no, no, no. Like, yeah. it's too early to do that because if you miss it, then you're going to chase points. The Blue Jays the are sitting at home because analytics did them wrong. Analytics are not always right. Yeah. The baseball point for you. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, anal analytics had them, they had the weirdest lineup in baseball, right? Yeah. Like, why are the best hitters, like, hitting seventh? Yeah. I don't understand. Well, that's because the... Some nerd was like, listen, yeah, look at this advantage we'll get if Vlad Guerrero isn't at the top of the lineup. Yeah. You know, like, no. Like, th yes. those are the things that kind of cripple you. So Jimbo trusts the gut more than the analytics, or yeah. at least equal parts. Yeah, because I, I don't think he really cares about it. He's yeah. old school, but that's what's getting him. Like, you know, I always call the plays. Well, yeah, but, like, it's also a younger man's game. And there are young coaches who still call plays, mm -hmm. and I will tell you to varying degrees whether it works or not, you know, and, and I don't think it works forever. Right, because here's the other thing that happens. One of the reasons you maybe change play callers and keep it away from the head coaches is that it's maybe a little bit harder to account for the head coaches overseeing somebody and that person calling the plays when you have two people to account for in two minds as opposed to just one. So you can, you know, do it like and. I think Jimbo looks at, like, he looks at the NFL and goes, well, Kyle Shanahan does it. Mike McCarthy does it. Sean McVay does it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these guys that do it. But guess what they also don't have to do? Recruit. Yeah. They don't have to recruit at all. Yeah. Like, their only recruitment is when Stephen Jones and Will McClay bring in a free agent or, you know, a draft prospect. He sits down and he tells them what he thinks they'll help yeah. with. That's all he's got to do. Yeah. Make him, like, all he has to do is look like a cool guy when people come in. Sure. He does not have to, like... He doesn't have to call that free agent 50 times right. and be like, hey, how'd you do on your 
on your science tests, <laughs> you know, academics are important here. They don't have to do that. Yeah. Like, so those are the things I think that he has not completely wrapped his arms around. And I'm doing like, like if, if I invented ASL, they would be very confused. <laughs> I'm doing all these <laughs> wrapped his arms around. <laughs> the closed caption person trying <laughs> yeah. to, what is going on What's here? he doing? <laughs> it's not a sign. So, um, but yeah, I, I, he's just, and the more he proves that he's just that guy, the more he proves that he's not going to get A&M where they want to go. Right. And their biggest rival is coming back into their league. And yeah. that is something um, A&M and Texas fans will never stop caring about each other. Right. Um, and A&M now has to care about them again, even though they could have pretended, both of them, for years. Like, yeah, well, yeah. we're not in the same league. We yeah. don't have to worry about it. No, no, no. Now there's no excuse. You're going to play every year again. It's going to be it's going to be a huge rivalry, you know, one A one B that that Texas has. Yeah. And I know that Oklahoma is the more important one, but let's not fool ourselves. The A and M one is like two percent less important. So yeah. let's say let's just say that there exists out there this unicorn of a play caller, and you can just take out Bobby Petrino and put this unicorn in, mm -hmm. and and he gets full authority. First, second, third, well, and fourth. Here's the down. thing: I'm not even blaming. Yeah, Bobby Petrino in this. Like, right, he's not making that call. But if, do you not feel like it would seem? And Aggie fan, I know they're they're having a tough Monday, so they may feel like the world, <clears throat> the world's falling apart. But doesn't it feel like you would just cover that leak and something else would spurt up? Don't they have other? Yes. Do they have larger institutional program issues? I think. But on the field, do you feel like that is the biggest? I think that's the biggest thing because they've been fairly good on defense the whole time he's been there. Yes, they have. Yeah, and like DJ Durkin is not Mike Elko, but he's he's doing okay. Mm -hmm. They played really well on mm -hmm. defense the other day, like well enough to win the game. Yeah. Uh, if not for offensive blunders that. Right. You know, gave, uh, you know, I mean, the safety, you know, you know those kind of things that yeah. gave uh, Alabama points. But, yeah, so the defense played well enough to win that game for the most part. Uh, now, granted, they did make uh, Jalen Milrow seem like he was a lot better than he's been all year. Yeah, uh, he did was, have one of his better games. A lot of that was Jermaine Burton, and a lot of that was DJ Durkin betting on the fact that he could man that guy up yeah. when he clearly couldn't. Sure, yeah. So, anyway, we'll take a break right now. We'll come back. But I'll, I'll conclude with this. Jimbo's not the guy. I'm in very much not the guy mode today because I think I have that feeling about someone I actually like in Dak Prescott. I think just getting to that point where yeah, he's just not the guy. He's a guy. He's a guy who can help you. Yeah. But he can only help you get to a certain point. I am feeling the I, – I don't remember the last time I felt the not the guy thing, but the Astros' current – predicament i feel that way about a few people so yeah. i sympathize Just, for once they're with they're, people they're good enough almost they're like, good enough almost yeah that's yeah. how it is where it's like yeah yeah because then you see the other teams that they're competing against and you're like that's the difference yes is this little thing and that's that's the other thing that people don't realize this little thing that they do better mm -hmm. than you this little thing that they do better is what's getting you beat yes so it's not it's most of the time, it's not this thing. No. It's this thing right here. No. That's it. It so. is cliche, but the tiny little things do matter. Yeah. And they come up and bite you at the worst times. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if one team's like, super strength is your super weakness. Yes. And you are going to have to see them. You can't yes. avoid them. 
You're on a collision course. It's just how it is. Yeah. When we come back, Mario Cristobal, serial <laughs> violator <laughs> of normal clock <laughs> rules. This is 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Oh, Miami and Georgia Tech. Uh, oh, Paul Catalina, Chris Allman. Uh, Miami rolling in with a bunch of hype after they beat A&M. Mm -hmm. And they have not played anybody but A&M, and I would not have put Georgia Tech in that category. And Georgia Tech no. just changed their defensive coordinator last week. Okay. So he had Tyler Van Dyke tied up in knots, three picks for Tyler Van Dyke and Georgia Tech in the game. But Miami, in most cases in college football, when a team that is far more talented gets in one of these rock fights with a team that is scrappy on that day, ultimately your athletic talent will win out in the end. Although athletic talent cannot overcome terrible coaching decisions. And for people watching outside this market – in Waco, Texas, we are very familiar with a terrible clock management decision <laughs> that cast a pall over a man's almost entire career until he's washed it off by being one of the better defensive coordinators in the country in yeah. Kevin Steele, yeah. who's at Alabama right now. Yeah. In 1999, Baylor was beating UNLV, and Baylor was not beating most anybody no. at that time. Like no. they, they were about to win, and they were at the one-yard line, and all they had to do was kneel at the clock, and they would have had a win. A much-needed win that their fans had not seen in a long time over UNLV. And yes, I know it's UNLV, which then probably makes the story that much worse. And then for a couple years, Baylor has been dealing with, at this time historically, you shouldn't be in the Big 12, you're garbage, you're bad, this is terrible, yeah. like you got in because of politics. Yeah. And they had done nothing to disprove that. And so he decides not to take a knee, they fumble. You know, he takes it 99 yards to the house or 100. I don't know where that like, was 99. 99 yards to the house. Um, and one of the most embarrassing things in the history of college football. Recency bias will make people forget about that. Yeah. But Manny Navarro, Manny Navarro of The Athletic points out that Mario Cristobal has done this before. Yes, he did. 2018. In 2018. 
He handed the ball to C.J. Verdell on second and two and fumbled when they could have knelt out the clock. The Cardinal took over against Oregon, Stanford, uh, if you don't know who the Cardinal are. Not just, <laughs> not just like a guy who works for the Pope. Uh, took over with 51 seconds remaining, forced overtime, and wound up beating Oregon 38-31. 38-31. So in the three-year – well, how was it, 2018 that happened? That was 2018. 2018. And the five years since that happened – he apparently forgot about that day, blocked it out of his memory traumatically. But what he did the other night was beyond explanation, beyond explanation. And he will have to have a huge win to shower that off. Okay. Can we, can we really dig into this? Because again, like I mentioned this, you've been in the huddle. Is that... I know that ultimately things are on the head coach. Yeah. Is that is he the one that's calling the plays? Or could he have just flipped his headset to the offensive channels, listened to the play call, and said, no, take the, a knee? This is a failure every which way around. Okay. In that the offensive coordinator should not have called it. Sure. Um, they, like, they didn't know. Like, I, I, there was never really an explanation on – did he think that they had a timeout? And even if they did still have Did he eight, think Georgia Tech had a timeout? Yeah. If he thought they had a timeout, maybe I'm going to try to get this first down and, and take away all the risk. But even then, I still would have taken a knee and made him take it. Yeah. Because I know it was third down, and then you have fourth down. But on fourth down, where you are in the field, you can kick a field goal. Like, if you're that worried about it. And then they definitely have to score a touchdown, as opposed to going on, because they were only up by three. So you could have done – a lot of different things in that moment that were better than that and just made sure you don't give him a chance to do it. And yes, I know that like the replay was somewhat inconclusive and maybe he was down, Yeah. but you also don't want to, you know, hand it up to the replay gods and, and hope for the best. Right. You know, um, you know, um, I put a yak in the, in the volcano, so we should have rain this year. And that's kind of how it is. Like the, the tribesmen, it's <laughs> the weirdest thing I've heard. No, in a long like, time. yeah, that's what I mean. You're essentially like when you take those things in your hands, you're sacrificing it up to the football gods. Yeah. And hoping that the, the things are, are going to work out for you, which is, yeah, nobody bats a thousand in that at yeah. all. You know, um, ask everybody who's ever played, prayed to win the lottery. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. so it's not, you can't just, you can't just do that. And so, yeah, it's, it's inexcusable what happened. And he's going to, he's a fantastic recruiter. Mm -hmm. He's a fantastic recruiter, and he's got a, a big-time class coming in. But those are the things that are going to keep you a little bit down. Look, um, Mike Norvell made a horrible coaching decision a couple years ago against Jacksonville State, and FSU got beat on a Hail Mary because he was worried they did have a timeout left. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, we called that because if they did have the timeout left, we wanted to be able to like maybe tackle them in bounds so they wouldn't get to do it. And you're like, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just err on the side of caution. So it takes a lot to wash those things off. And, but the fact that he's done it before is just mind-boggling. Yeah. You never like to immediately go to what are the fans saying to take the temperature. Because if you Googled Mario Cristobal right now, you could find five articles that want him fired. Mm -hmm. He does not need to be fired for no. this. He has a significant amount of work to do to get back into the good graces. And I don't know because people are so dang unforgiving, especially online. Yeah. I don't know that there's ever like, 
this is not the low point of, of a comeback story for him. Like, it's always going to dog him. Yeah. If he makes an insignificant play call that doesn't have such dramatic effects, they're still going to come back and say, oh, remember what he did against Georgia yeah. Tech. So really, yeah, what he did here was he just created an enormous amount of pressure on himself now as if he wasn't scrutinized already. It's going to be every play. It's going to be every play call and every big moment and big game from here on out. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? I thought of this because it was when I moved to Florida in sixth grade, there was a kid who um, – it was a very sad story, but he got <laughs> – he got he is, Parents left the school because he was getting bullied by a couple okay. of kids. Like, they moved him out of the school. And in a Catholic school, when a kid's getting bullied, that means a nun's going to come and talk to you and make you feel guilty about it. Okay. Even though I didn't I – was, I was there for like a month. I didn't – you know, he seemed nice enough to me. Yeah. Um, but it started for him when he was in like the first grade. Yeah. And he, he peed his pants. Yes. Okay, here's the deal. All of us in first grade at peed some point peed our pants. Yes. He just made the terrible mistake of doing it. At school. Yes. You know. He, in front of people. Yeah. He did it. I mean, it just happened, you know. Um, he, you know. And so he was, you know, I can't remember what his name was at this point. Uh, but <laughs> Probably best not to say but it. But they called, like, everybody called him pee pants. And I remember, like, oh, when did that happen? And they're, like, first grade. Even in sixth grade, I was like, well, that was. Like, hey, get over of, it. That was kind of a long time ago. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Stuff happens in your life. That's actually a so, really good, like. So, like, that's what Mario Cristobal is going to be here. Yeah. Like, He's the they're going to remember, like, this is the time you peed your pants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> it is. That's a really good analogy. You know, so it's never going to be away from him. Yeah. And so I mean like he'll he'll win the, he could win the national title at Miami and they're going to be like, "Man, I can't believe that you won the national title after you overcame that embarrassing Georgia Tech loss." <laughs> yeah. And he'll be like, "That doesn't matter right now." People like, are going to want no, an asterisk you on see, it. <laughs> you see the trophy that I'm holding right now? Yeah. All of that doesn't matter. That yeah. was the past is prologue to this. And they're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's all part of you wet your pants. Time's a flat circle. Yeah. Oh, you're valedictorian? <laughs> not bad for a guy that wets his pants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's exactly how it is. You're like, well, that doesn't, all of that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you know, like there's, yeah. And then, like no adult. Poor Mario. Yeah, exactly. And no adult was going to tell the kid like, hey, don't worry about it. When you're older, it may happen again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and when older, like, in your 20s and 30s and 40s, but like you may have times where you're like, you're thinking like, my butt be my pants. <laughs> boy, this thing started yeah, off the so, rails and then we got it on for a while. And and right boy, we up. are just but, tunneling towards the Travine right no, now. I, but Mario Cristobal won't wash this off. He won't. And <laughs> no pun intended. No, he won't. So to speak. Yeah, he won't wash it off. And, uh, you know, for his, his own good, I hope that you know, they can just keep it pointed in this direction. Yeah. Um, I know people don't believe me when I say this thing of being insincere, but I'm not. Um, I enjoyed the 90s as a, in the late 90s and the early 2000s much more as an FSU fan because, you know, the game, the rivalry games meant national championships. Yeah. You know. Yes. As opposed to just being like another, like, oh, I don't like these guys, but they suck now. So yes. I think it's better <laughs> yeah. when, you when know, they're both good. Yeah, everybody's good. And so because Mario Cristobal peed his pants on national TV, he has robbed you of that. He's yeah, at least for the time being. Like, look, he might roll into Tallahassee and beat them. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know there could, and then that will make people like. But it's still going to be. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm man. glad you beat Florida State, but man, could you imagine 
you might be in the AC, the ACC title game had yeah. you not done that against uh, against Georgia. Here's because to say if they lose again a, a, in a good game, like say they play Clemson, they play North Carolina, like say they they lose one of those two games, they play Louisville, like say they want to lose that game, but then beat Florida State. Florida State winds up only with the Miami loss and winds up in the ACC title game. Then they're going to say like, hey man, can you imagine if you had not lost to Georgia Tech, you would be in this game instead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you would be up for the maybe the, the college football playoff and not them. Yeah. But now here you are. Yeah. Because you did that. So those are the things that are going to happen until until he wins and even when he wins the national title, that's yeah. going to be there. Yeah. I again you're right. People, especially especially anonymous fan guy, yeah. they're just it's the low hanging fruit. It's always yeah. going to be easier to say he sucks because he fumbled when he should have kneeled instead of Oh man, he's actually really good. Yeah, yeah you're right. But you also have to prove you're really good by not making those decisions. You're right. You no, you're completely right. Because there are – look, uh, the, the road to national championships are paved with fired coaches who could recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, they could recruit. Uh, Ron, Ron Zook could recruit. Yeah. Um, but couldn't win games. And yeah. then Urban Meyer came in and won with Ron Zook's players. Um, uh, John Blake was recruiting his ass off at Oklahoma and – wasn't winning games, and Bob Stoops came in and won a national mm-hmm. title. The yeah. last one Oklahoma won with John Blake's players. I mean, not all, but like yeah, most no. of those guys were. Yeah, no. You know, so there are, you know, I mean, um, you know, John Gruden won the Super Bowl with a Bill team Callahan's with, players with Tony Dungy's guys oh. when he was in Tampa. Sorry, yeah, so, they beat Bill Callahan. Sorry, yeah. So, you know, he like he didn't build that team. Sure, yeah. You know, he just made it a little bit better. Yeah. And for that thing, so there are um it took Tony Dungy like another like 8 9 years to win one with Peyton Manning and he had to have Peyton Manning to do it. Yeah. Uh so you know, there are there are all those things that that get littered along the road and and Mario Cristobal because he is an alum, he'll get, you know, he's he's a fan favorite but this one, man, he is he has left a sour taste in their mouth that it's gonna take a, a long time for them to It's the taste of pee. <laughs> and I am the one who made that analogy. You beat that up, buddy. Up. You're the one. If that's if that's if that spreads like wildfire, it's all gonna come back to you. But it's just, look, I'm very proud of my analogy in that look, it did. We'll just call him John like, you know, the kid was Johnny P. Pants, and I was like, Well, that's a weird name for a guy. Like, yeah, in first grade he peed his pants. All right. Guy's well. like the CEO of Google now. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Yeah. He peed his pants in first grade. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working in the movie theater since 1996. What do you think about that? That's longevity there, buddy. They haven't closed this AMC. <laughs> but anyway. All right, Chris. This was a this was a ridiculous show. Yeah. But this is kind. actually what I want this show to be. Good. That's so, all you had to say. That's I'll what come I in even less prepared next time. Yeah. Just <laughs> I want ridiculous. Good. I, want, I am your guy. Yeah. The world is too serious. Yes. Next week, top five pee pants coaches in college football history. <laughs> there's, probably, there's probably too many just to get out of five. Good point. Well, like from 100 to 95, we'll just go yeah. in. Each week, we'll unveil the five biggest pants sweaters on national television. <laughs> just get a, a yeah. picture of them. Yeah. Just Billy <laughs> Madison and that one kid just yeah. standing there with their pants off covered yeah. in pee. Yeah. But what, what, we, what do we learn from Billy Madison? You're it's not cool. cool unless you pee right. your pants. Miles Davis. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. 
But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency 